considerate about you today because you know how I've edited the last couple. Yeah. You know, you were in Darwin and stuff. Yeah. I know that you're editing this one. So I've made an adjustment to the overall decor and equipment of this here study. Normally, if you ever heard a clunk, it's when I'm putting my glass down on this ceramic coaster that my aunt gave me. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. What I've done is I've brought the felt coasters that match the felt thing the on felt the wall. coaster. Yes, exactly. So that there's a dampened oh, oh. as I put it down. Noise suppression. Very good. Don't say that that I don't think of you, Andrew. I want one of those. Can that be like a a gift to the other Hemispheric Views hosts? (laughs) From from who? From Martin? From Martin, yeah. He just buys another couple and ships them direct to us. What, like singular felt coasters? Yeah. I'll talk to Natasha because she got them. I'll have to arrange something. Look, I've got what this coaster. Can you is that wood? That thing, yeah. It's and it's got cork on the top. It's. Do you, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Ugg Monk. Yes, yeah, you've shown us before, I think. Ah, oh, oh, fine. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 God, it's so defensive. I Let's take was, a little screenshot. I think here. it was episode twenty-two. You mentioned this device. That's coaster corner. Kick us off, Jason. I think you bought something rather ultra. Is that right? Yeah. Is that where we're starting? Are we starting? Are we? Are we not saving the best for last? We're saving the best for first. Hell yeah! You put it first it. in the topic pool. Oh, is that how this works? Oh, okay. My ultra short review. So, if you're ready, I would like to lay this on you. This was going to be a blog post, but I thought if I just talk about it, then I don't have to actually type. Job done. Hmm. So, first of all. I am considering the Apple Watch Ultra to be my personal Series Zero. What do I mean by that? This is the watch that I've wanted since Series Zero. So I have had not every watch, but most of them over time. I had the first one. Let's just say that. I had the Series Zero before there was even Series. I think it was just the Apple Watch back then. Um, And... It was great, but this is like the Series Zero moment, or maybe you can consider it a reset. So here are my reasons why. I love the bigger size because it feels correct to me. For my personal view, it is like the size I want the watch to be. feels great. Second point, the orange. Come on. Like, as if you needed anything else. We've got orange not only on the action button, which is new, but on the crown as well. Double orange. And for people in the Southern Hemisphere, that is orange that he's referring to. Thank you for the translation. Live translation. I was lost for a while, so I'm glad you stepped in there, Andrew. Thank you. So I hope it stays that color forever. And this this model just stays orange forever until the very end. So thank you for that. The screen is what I would consider usable for day-to-day activities. What do I mean by that? Generally, I had the 40, well, I think it was 40, then it was 42, then it was 44. 
same size watch, but just the screen kind of kept bulging out towards the edge. You could do stuff on it. It was great for the occasional, maybe you need to do a quick reply to something or you just need to check some notifications. This now feels like I can do things on it to where I don't automatically have to grab for my phone. It's like I can just do it on the watch and it feels fine. That's the first time I felt that way. Speaking of the screen, the flat screen, oh, thank you, love it, it's the best. I know a lot of people love the the curvy edges. I think the curvy edges look nice, but the big flat, love it. All of my bands, since the very beginning, still work. That's amazing. This is probably one of the craziest things about the Apple Watch, is the fact that it's been seven years, I think, Maybe eight. Since it was released. Since it was yeah, released. Yeah, 2014, yeah. And it's, all the bands still work. I would not have expected that. I thought for sure somewhere midway through there was going to be a band change. Everybody's going to freak out. It stands to reason it could still happen, but I love the fact that there has been somewhere on the list of, you know, must-haves when they're making these things. It says must work with every band ever made. I just think that's really great. So the very first band, the the stainless link, because the bands are not cheap either, right? Like they're an investment. They they are not by any stretch cheap. But um, yeah, the very first uh, stainless link, that was my very first Apple Watch band, still works. And by the way, looks really good with the Ultra. So there you go. I don't want to derail you too much here, but I reckon they've maintained that compatibility because they've regarded it as a feature. Because if you think about any other watch on the market, whether it's a smart watch or not a smart watch, do any other brands or watches offer this kind of easy, interchangeable set of bands within the size that you choose? Mm. Not really. So to compromise that would actually probably compromise upgrades or further sales of the watch. So It's, I think, maybe an environmental choice. It's consumer friendly. I think it's just they consider it a feature that they want to maintain for as long as possible. So, yeah, I think that's great that you mentioned. It is a big upgrade issue, right? Because if you have a ton of bands and all of a sudden the new watch comes out, but it doesn't work, you're going to really be like, I don't really want to rebuy all my bands now. So, Yeah. yeah. And I think Apple knows that people will be motivated as more of a fashion or personal style choice rather than this is a computer on my wrist. They know that it's different things to different people. So I think it's awesome that all your old stuff works. Yeah. And so finishing, rounding out my ultra short review. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm going to say one thing that I have no idea if it's true. I did not research it. So perfect for this show. The Taptic engine, I feel like is bigger because like it is pronounced. Like when you get some Taptic action going on, it is like it's there. It's it. Like you, your bones are vibrating. Yeah. Like you're not missing that. And, and not in a bad way. It's just like, it's substantial and feels like proper. And then of course, battery life ele- elephant in the room. Like it's just, I'm still trying to get used to it in that for seven years or whatever, it's always been wear Apple watch during day, put on charger at night, wear Apple watch during day, put it, you know, that was just like the cycle. If you wanted to do sleep, you either had to do this, like, dance between two watches or do this thing where every hour or so you're like, let me get a quick 15 minutes of charge on there and then like put it back on. And you're just doing that dance back and forth. Now it's like multiple days, super comfortably, not an issue. I wear it all day, every night now or all day and all night. 
for generally two or more days in a row before I have to charge it. And the new charger charges super fast, so not really an issue there. Um, yeah, battery life is absolutely wonderful, and it's nice to not have to do the charge every time. And finally, I will do the last final bit of this uh, in-depth review. Um, the, the sleep tracking and just the tracking in general, I came from a Series 5, so I didn't get Series 6 or Series 7, so I skipped two generations to get to now. And everything is, it seems more accurate. I had a warning at one point that my something or other was drastically different for the last six days. And like, spoiler, six days ago was when I got the watch. So um, it's just, it's amazing that it's it's more accurate now in every respect. And now I can get blood oxygen levels. And like, it's just all the health stuff I really like. And I like being able to see all the sleep stuff now that I was not able to see before. I started getting alerts that my heart rate was below like some threshold that was not good. Never would have known that because I never wore the damn thing at night. So it's just cool that that's able to be a thing now. And there's this battery anxiety is slowly going away. And I really like that. So I I could not be happier with this watch. I absolutely love it. Uh, if I had to, I, I, I would be fine, I think, keeping this for multiple years like I did the Series 5. And yeah, I the only other thing I'll say is like, of course, there's this like, this is for extreme whatever. It's like, if you like it, get it. If you don't, don't buy it because you're supposed to be an ultra marathoner. Like that's idiotic. I think all these arguments that I see online are, are super dumb. If, if the fact were that products were only meant for the people to use them for those things, so many things would never be purchased because they're, that's not how the world works. So if you like it and it's like not too big for you and you want better battery life and you just like how it looks go for it it's like the sub um, the submariner watch isn't just for submariners you know you can buy that if you never it, go it is allowed surprisingly yeah. yeah you're allowed to just buy things because you like them it's weird yeah. i know but that's that's where we're at and if you want titanium you got to go with ultra which was what scared me during the event because they announced the series eight and there was no titanium which is my preferred material then they said Ultra's titanium. I was like, oh, okay, everything's fine. So Ultra, there you go. Get out okay. there. Andrew Get has a paper rectangle. Be extreme. Oh, hold on. Card corner. Card corner. I have Card a question. Corner. I have a question. Yeah. I've noted down. Yeah. That's where you're meant to say two questions. Two. Uh, sorry, Equator couldn't make it. Um, I have noticed just from screenshots of this watch that when you look at it, it seems like you know how when you have the comp the complications around the corner of the of a watch face the f the four points the four of the watch it seems like there's a lot of wasted space in those corners almost like the 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 watch face could be bigger and it seems like there's just a lot of dead area in in the in the four corners of this watch do you find that to be the case in reality or is it just a a thing that sort of jumps out in f photos I do not find that to be the case, no. Um, especially with the, I forget what it's called, but there's a new watch face that came out specifically with this one. And I think it has... Wayfinder? Yeah, that, that sounds right. I think it has like eight complications on it. It's insane. It has sounds so much information on one screen. Um, but no, I would say, no, I, I don't think okay. there's wasted space. Not that I could tell. 
Before we move on to the next topic, because I know that we've got a lot to get through, I wanted to make a little point about this watch because even though I'm not owning one or not planning to buy one, I did have a look at one briefly at the Apple store when we were in Sydney the other day. And it struck me that although this watch isn't for me, not actually because of the size, but because I'm not super fussed on the crown guard, maybe I could get used to it, it just felt disruptive. But what I loved about this watch, and I kind of saw a point of this in John Gruber's review of it, was that the way I look at it, this could be, if Apple's willing, the moment that the Apple Watch could actually break free and be its own thing, maybe the beginning of this. Because you think about Steve Jobs' era, Apple was perfectly willing to cannibalize the iPod and any other kind of similar products with the iPhone. And look where that brought us. We've got this unbelievable kind of app ecosystem and everyone's got a phone now. With the watch, it's still tied to the phone. You can have a cellular one or kids or elderly relatives on a supported one with their own number. But if we look at what Apple did with the iPad recently, letting it break free with iPad OS and be less dependent on the upgrade and software update cycles of the phone, Now that the Apple Watch Ultra is bigger and you can do more with it and probably comfortably watch some small format video on it, I would love to see Apple bravely, using that word courage, be courageous in letting the Apple Watch be its own kind of wrist iPhone. Imagine buying an Apple Watch, never having to have it tied to a phone, have a phone number attached to it, and that becomes your central device, whether it's for authentication, uh, all of your accounts, anything. Now, I know that Apple probably doesn't really want to do that because they see everything as revolving around the iPhone, but I don't know what you two think. I think that kind of holds the product back a bit. And the number of people who would actually use the watch in this way would be so small compared to the number of people around the world who prefer having a phone because they want the camera and everything. You could actually let the watch be its own separate independent device and realize that kind of Dick Tracy future that maybe you always wanted, Jason. Any kind of thoughts on that? The watch being its own thing? This is an iPad OS scenario for sure. Uh, yeah. Specifically the Ultra, not just Series 8. I would say Series 8 still sort of accessory needs to be connected. But mm. this does feel like a bit of a fork in the road now of being able to leave your phone incredibly comfortably behind you're, you're always going to have the issue of the camera, which is always the thing, which ironically is really what people get iPhones for anyways for the camera. So aside from the camera part, you, I would have, I would feel so much better leaving my phone behind with this than I would have with my series five. I would still feel like ah, I'm missing stuff and I'm not going to be able to accomplish anything. I, I do feel like this is a different category now, I would say. Ooh, can I do one negative? I have one negative. Well, one just thing, right? So this is not going to be a think piece. Don't worry. Um, So remember when we started, when the phones had what I call the screenshot incident, where when you went to press the power button, you'd start like doing screenshots. Oh, I still have that That's sort of, that's sort of a thing with the ultra because for seven years, I've been accustomed to putting one thumb on the one side of the watch and then pushing the side button with my with my finger. And so to try to do that on this, there's now a button on the other side. Fortunately for this though, this is a bit of a retrain from muscle memory because there's the watch is taller and you have that nice like curve up part. So you just move your thumb up a little bit and you can still accomplish the same thing. But for the first 
probably a week, I kept pushing the action button at the same time as the side button. And I think the action button always gets priority from what I can tell, because when you try to hit both, it always does whatever the action button is doing. So there was that as a thing, but I'm over it now and like, it's fine. So it just reminded me of the screenshot thing where you'd be like, you'd have 50 screenshots a day because you're just trying to turn your phone (laughs) off. So in classic Jason style to wrap this up, what's your rating system for this thing? Oh, this thing's like 600 eyeballs. Well, now's my turn for a brief review. And because I kind of lengthened Jason's ultra short review, I'm going to make mine very, very short. Whatever's more ultra than ultra short. Uh, I bought a new camera recently. A new camera? Yes, a new camera. The Olympus OMD EM10 Mark IV. Okay. That's a mouthful. After reading that title, that's all we've got time for. So uh, let's move on. <laughs> Wait, look, so I wanted to bring this up. What did you have before? Um, so I still have uh, my old Canon 500D, uh, three different lenses with that. That's a DSLR, and that's generally what I've been used to using over the years. It was actually uh, a gift from my parents years ago, and I've taken it traveling, taken family shots with it. Absolutely love it. But uh, chasing around a young child and, you know, wanting the kind of dad cam thing happening, I thought I should explore mirrorless. I should have a look at this, something lighter. And I had my eyes kind of set on Fuji and Sony after checking out different reviews and YouTube stuff online. And the reason I wanted to bring up this brief review was not so much just about the camera, which I love. It was a review of going into a brick and mortar store to talk to a human being who will lead you down a different path. And I explained what I wanted to him. Imagine Martin going into a brick and mortar store and having a conversation about what he wanted. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, it's like the time I signed up for Southern Phone because they sent me something in the mail. How old am I? Anyway, uh, uh, look, I just wanted to say I've bought most things online in recent years, exception being maybe the Apple Watch, which I've done for trade-ins, but that's kind of predictable. I want this, no worries, swap over. Went into the camera shop, explained what I'd looked at, and he said, actually, it sounds like what you want is this Olympus camera. Micro Four Thirds system has a beautiful, um, holding it here, uh, pancake lens, 14 to 42 millimeter, a bit more ergonomic. And yeah, it was just lovely to actually be led down a different path by someone who knew what they were talking about. Yes, Jason has his hand up. Uh, can you please can you please name drop the store? I'm curious about what what this camera store situation is in Australia. Is this a I had to go to a Best Buy type of place or is it a standalone camera store? Great question. Uh, I actually wanted to go to a camera-specific shop of which Wollongong has no more. They're all dead. Ah. So I went to Miranda, which is in South Sydney. There's a large Westfield shopping centre there, and the shop was called DigiDirect. Ah, um, yes, I know that. And they were absolutely fantastic. They were really, really good. And you walk in, you go, these people know cameras because they have more than five things in the cabinet. And this guy really knew what he was talking about. Um, was comfortable in bringing out different lenses and showing the different um, case and body designs. So, uh, yeah, not a sponsor. They haven't put me up to this or anything. I just wanted to say go to a shop that specializes in the thing that you want. I bought this microphone gear from a from a DigiDirect. There you go. Mm. They do have other stuff, but they're no cameras. Anyway, my review is that it's an awesome camera. Uh, my first foray into mirrorless. My review is essentially five feet out of two. Ooh. I just made that up. Love so it. It, ex- it exceeds what I wanted and uh, super light. Thank you. Can, can I ask a question? Next topic. 
No, no, I've got one question. Oh, you can ask a question. Um, There's the card. I have not been into cameras in a long time. My last SLR was the D7, Nikon D7000, and um, I haven't moved past that. It sits in a cupboard now, um, and it, it feels too old, and it's got dust spots on the lens, and I can't get them off and that kind of thing. So it's basically dead to me. Would I like a, would I like a mirrorless camera? Like, is it really coming from a DSLR world? Are they good now? Are these things really good? They're the best. What Jason said, they're the best. Um, what I like about it so much is that we were just talking about going outdoors without your phone, maybe mm-hmm. just having an Apple Watch. If you leave your phone and you don't have your camera with you, when you have something this light with a lens which is quite a good all-rounder in this case because it is a zoom pancake lens you're essentially walking around with something that can actually fit into a decent trouser or pants pocket yeah so without that mechanical mirror system inside it you've suddenly got a thinner body it's more lightweight the uh, displays that replace that old optical viewfinder are sharp and bright enough now that you can actually get an impression of what you're shooting and the thing that i hadn't really appreciated about mirrorless cameras which will be old news to a lot of people listening and to jason on this call will be that if you're adjusting something like your shutter speed or your iso or whatever you're actually seeing the feedback or the alterations of what you've just adjusted through the viewfinder it's not some imaginary i have to remember what this setting would be like to suit this situation so it's like live feedback the way that you would maybe drag up and down on an iphone's camera app so i think it's killer it's brilliant and they're they're fully interchangeable lenses aren't they so if you were to do that would you can you still get dust on the sensor Uh, is that that's still the same sort of risk you're still opening up the camera body but the benefit of this and if you look up online some people say oh it's dead don't do this but micro four thirds which olympus i think pioneered with panasonic i think they co-developed it has a large variety of different interchangeable lenses because of that kind of system they introduced so i'm quite a fan of this olympus system don't have to go for that but mirrorless in general i would give huge thumbs up two questions so you had a Canon system before, and I know from personal experience, switching systems is can be painful if you have a lot of mm-hmm. glass already, because the glass is really the important part. The camera is arguably the garbage part, which can be replaced over and over and over. The glass is always good. So you already had glass, so I'm curious why you didn't go for another Canon mirrorless, like the R series or something. It, was that... A thought or was it you didn't have enough stuff in the canon world where you felt like you had to state like you were locked in you could you had a, a few a few lenses but not enough to like not make you look somewhere else is that what happened that's pretty much the answer i did actually look at canon first i'm not like a diehard canon brand user but i was happy to try to stay in order to maintain that compatibility the only thing that really stopped me from going down the path of canon was that none of the cameras that they offered were as light and as thin as what I wanted. So you, you're right, there are the R ones, but they were still a little bit big, heavier yeah, or, or, or a bit too big. And they do have things like, I think it's the M50, which is closer to this one. What I wasn't so fussed on that about, though, was that it wasn't quite as light and thin as what this one was. Uh, the kit lens that this came with, which I mentioned was 14 to 42 millimeter, was just a nice size as well. And 
from I think to my recollection, there was also heavy 4K video cropping mm. on the Canon. And I'm not going to use this all the time for video. That's not why I bought it. But I prefer just to have, you know, a more regular or closer to normal format or aspect ratio. Sorry, not aspect, aspect ratio, zoom level for the video. And as far as going for uh, a camera with different lenses, I'm not going to stop using the Canon. Like I have the 50 millimeter kind of portrait lens with it. I've got like a wide lens with it. I still enjoy using it and I'll use it around the house or with family nearby. Uh, I don't mind using two different types of camera depending on the situation when I've got this one to just take with me easily anywhere else. And look, with the um, the old one, I had it for so long. We're talking about a camera that's a DSLR that's over a decade old now. That actually made it a bit easier because I hadn't been, you know, frequently collecting and adding and upgrading in that interim. It was essentially easy to just go, all right, let's just break and try something new. And that was what the guy at the shop recommended. Just go fresh and, you know, keep the older one around for what you want to use it for because it's not dead to me. So easy. I've just been looking at the DP review site and now and between that and my, what Martin's saying, I think I think you might have just cost me $1,000. So thanks, Martin. <laughs> but it's actually not that expensive. For, for what you get, it is unbelievable. You could go from, you know, much pricier cameras with more megapixels and stuff. But the question is, are you practically going to use it? Mm. Unless you're a professional photographer or you make a habit of carrying around your lenses and a tripod and stuff. If you just want a really cool little camera that does things better in general than an iPhone for stills, it's really not that expensive. I can vouch for that. I've been I've been seeing some of Martin's photos on glass, glass.photo. And this is a nice little follow-up review that I promised from our Hemispheric News members newsletter. Uh, so I keep my promises. And to anyone who wants to explore the newsletter, oneprimeplus.com, it's in the long game. And as you can see, it is in the long game because I remembered it and brought it up. Yes. Oneprimeplus.com. And that was Camera Corner, a very short, brief, brief review of the Olympus OMDE-M10-MKIV, otherwise known as 4. Matt clone backups. Mm. What do you two have to say? Because I'm seeing a robot head and a basketball. <laughs> no feet mm. in the notes here. Mm. Yeah. So sit back and let you two have it out here. I think I added this a while ago when I was doing... So, bit of background... I like backup. Everyone should like backup. It's not always the easiest, but it's become easier over the years doing things like Backblaze and Time Machine. Uh, cloning is a thing. If you're sort of like just over the hurdle of being like really a nerd, you'll probably be doing some cloning that used to be really important back in the day where system would go down and you'd have your clone and then you could just magically be back up and running. Then clones started to be a little bit weird in the way that they worked with the system. Um, then recently, whenever I put this in here, it was kind of like every time I get a new phone, I just sort of back up from iCloud and it's fine. Every time I get a new computer, I never pull the clone back. I just start fresh and almost everything is pulled down from the internet in one respect anyway. Um, so it was like, what the hell am I wasting my life doing these clones for? Because most of the time, let's be honest, you're not checking your clone if it's like actually usable. You do the clone, you're like, oh, that's done. I'm sure that'll be helpful in the future. You never actually go and try to boot from it. Don't lie. So I kind of thought, you know what? What if I just don't do this cloning thing anymore? Because it kind of seems like a waste of time and, and uh, 
just having an extra drive laying around for that. So I stopped doing it. I stopped cloning altogether. I just don't care anymore. Like if my system goes down, I have to go get a new computer and start over from scratch, which is the least big deal in the world anymore. So I'm curious a little bit of just backup strategy in general. Um, have either of you done cloning in the past and do you do it now? And if you don't, what do you do for backup? Is it just time machine? Is it backblaze? Is it both? What, uh, what are you doing? My answer is very quick and I'll get out of the way because Andrew probably has more to say. I do time machine and backblaze and it works beautifully for me. The whole cloning thing you're talking about, I haven't really, veg- uh, I haven't really ventured into. Yeah, I, that's where I'm at too. I do backblaze and time machine. That's it. Yep. Andrew. I also use time machine and backblaze. Um, I just want to make it clear that because we're in the Southern Hemisphere, um, whereas you guys in the North always talk about backup, in the Southern, we, we prefer to use the terminology back down. Back down. Yeah, sorry. Just, you know, that, that's a good... underneath and it's more like... Yeah. yeah. So it's just yeah. another It's one. like the flip side of button up and button down. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that it's just sense. tiresome constantly hearing the Northern Hemisphere, you know, always talking about back up. Yeah, we're mm-hmm. on the bottom of the earth, we back down. So just yeah, just bring yeah. it back down here. Exactly, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. So apologies I, for that. Thank you. Thank I'll try you. to I'll try to watch that. Yeah. So with that out of the way, what I do is I have been I used to use clones more often, and like you, Jason, it was kind of like, why am I doing this? It's a waste of time. It's boring. It, I forget to plug it in, or the automation doesn't ever quite work. Um, I did though have cause to make. I needed to make a clone recently i can't remember it was when my what was it It was when my hard drives i was changing my hard drives over exploded that's right and i was trying to change hard drives and then there's a whole process and it turned out i didn't actually need a clone i needed a clone of a storage drive like a backup rather like rather than a clone of a working Hmm. system be that as it may my recent experience if you do want to go down the cloning path I was always a proponent and user of SuperDuper um, when I was doing this all the time. Dave Nanian's product. Um, I, lo- I chose SuperDuper years ago because I think John Gruber talked about it, and the, the interface for it at the time was quite simple but very Macish. Uh, it was very clear and you, it was obvious what was happening. So I went with SuperDuper, paid my money, and used it. Um, I went to pull it out to do this task and realized that my, my license had expired and so I needed to buy it again. So it was like, well, do I buy it? And I looked at the interface and I was like, eh, it still has that same look that was very Mac-ish 10 years ago and it's not so Mac-ish anymore. And it, it felt fragile. It just felt a bit buggy and, and I, I didn't totally trust it just because of the interface seemed a bit clunky and it, I didn't love it. And I know that a lot of people now talk about Carbon Copy Cloner by Bombitch Software. So I was like, well, it's a good chance to check it out. Not having even looked at it for years and years. Man, that thing has come a long way. That software is super impressive. It it does all the same stuff, but it gives you, it's got more features. It's got a whole bunch of like um, sort of auditing and checking and and it notices if cloud files aren't backed up because they're just stubs rather than being the actual file and warned you about that it's pretty good or very good so that's the software i ended up using um and now i have it 
but I'm still not really in the cloning mind space anymore. So while I have it, I don't think I'm going to use it like I used to, but I'll probably still just make the occasional clone because why not? But yeah, it's, it's got, you're right. You're right. You don't need it anymore because of uh, all the cloud stuff. It's very rare that you need it. Unless your hard drive dies and you're about to go into a meeting, and you're like, I just need like my system back up and running now. And you can do the external drive boot. Why would you need it? Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I don't, I'm curious. I'm sure people still do it. And I think most, honestly, the last few years, I've probably only done it out of habit. I don't think I've, I, I don't recall there being a time in the last probably 10 years that I've actually used a clone and, or needed it, but I've been doing it that whole time. I think just out of habit and what if, but yeah, I, I think getting a new system now, I almost prefer it, getting a new system is almost a nice chance to just start over anyway <laughs> and sort of clear out all the crap that you've, you know, oh, I installed like 4,000 apps that I just wanted to try and there's all this crap left all over the place. So it's sort of a blessing to be able to start over, I think. So iMac, you heard it here first. If you want to exit stage left and have a Mac studio come in, that'd be okay. Bop, boop, beep, bop, boop. Cappuccino, I'm dying to know what the hell this is. Is, is this, I'm assuming this is not the like code editor app. This is something else. It actually makes you one. That's the idea. Oh, it makes you a cappuccino. That would be nice. No flat whites, unfortunately. I'd forgotten about the code editor. Um, Cappuccino, either of you engaged with this at all? I don't even know what it is. No idea. Have you guys not been following along on Discord? Shame on you. Probably not. There are quite a few channels, and as much as I love our hemispherians, I occasionally have to go to the toilet or eat or sleep or go to work. I'm a completionist, so so I I have to read until it's all unread. I, this cappuccino, I hate the word cappuccino because as much as I see cappuccino written all around the place all the time, I never know where to put the double P's and the double C's and the double N's and the double I's. It's the worst word mm. to spell. I don't like it. I need a text expander. Just double every letter and then you're covered. <laughs> but anyway, that being that as it may. Oh, and I also know that when they say cappuccino, they're thinking of the American version of cappuccino, which is a terrible coffee. You don't want that. You want the Australian slash Italian version of a cappuccino, which is much nicer. So apologies for all the Americans thinking about this app, thinking cappuccino. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, you're not, that's not a cappuccino. Cappuccino is an Australian cappuccino. Okay. This app, it's, it's kind of stupid and fun. And I know it's going to go down to a very dark place. It is like a <laughs> an opportunity to record a voice memo to an audience or a group, a select group of people. So it's it's microcasting of podcasting because the it's only going to the people that you choose it to go to. So is it maybe like um, Be Real? Clubhouse. Clubhouse, yeah. Oh, it, yeah, so, Clubhouse. So, yeah, so you record a short, I think it limits you to three minutes. Uh, they've mm. really lent into this whole coffee thing because that each one of those little recordings is a bean. <laughs> okay. Um, and yep. you record your beans and you can attach a photo or a bit of text that goes on the screen along with it. See, already you're talking about recording my beans and I just don't know if that's really going <laughs> to translate well. It's not only fans. Um, <laughs> Find Jason's beans in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it could be whatever you want to be if you could fit it in three minutes. Um, should be plenty of time. 
please so, go on about cappuccino. <laughs> so you you record your little comments, and you can record multiple multiple beans through beans. the day. Yeah, but the, your audience doesn't hear them straight away. They have to wait till seven a.m. their local time, and then the app collates all the beans that have been brewed over the last twenty four hour period, and packages it up into a little podcast episode for you. So. Each morning, I've been getting a brew, a brew, a fresh brew <laughs> of cappuccino delivered to me for my morning coffee, and I listen to well, well, basically, it's been a back and forth between me and Manderas in the chat, <laughs> but because we're the only two using it. But I did notice this morning that I think Furstenberg has got in on the act because what we've got is we've got a hemispheric views. What's the collective? <laughs> Bean collective. <laughs> Hemispheric brew. Coffee shop? This? I don't, I a don't barista? know. A barista is brewing the Hemispheric Views beans. Okay. <laughs> to brew a morning cappuccino. Wow. So is it fair to say that you're all frothing over this app? <laughs> uh, and I want more of you to do it. And if you do consecutive days, they give you new cups. <laughs> So because I did, <laughs> so because I got three days of brewed cappuccinos, I did them. I got like a new avatar, which is like a different cup, and then I did five days, and I got another new mug. And he's like a, oh he's, he's like a guitar player guy. <laughs> he's a coffee cup playing guitar, or on the, the like the DJ spinners. I can't quite remember did, what he does. How did this happen? <laughs> right underneath my nose, and I let it get this far. And I how keep this is what happens. You were busy with backup. You were busy with backup Saturdays, Jason. And this is what happens. This is what yeah. happens. Yeah, we've gone down cappuccino, whatever. Wow. Okay. Well, I was going to say we'll put the group link in the show notes. Please start brewing some beans with us. It's fun. <laughs> I just have to make an observation here. <laughs> Please uh, observe. So. Outside of our hemispheric circles and the Discord and this new brew that uh, of which we were unaware, like my work, I, I work in, you could say, communications with a focus on social media. And I feel like Andrew is more of a kind of Gen Y slash Z millennial. You should jump on this bandwagon, be real, come brew with us. Let's create a pyramid scheme in a corporate seminar kind of vibe. Like- are you okay, Andrew? I'm fighting against my natural uh, physical age. Mm. This is what it is. It's like a nerd midlife crisis. <laughs> it's like, hey, what, what's that? What's that thing? Hey, kids, what's happening? Or whatever that, that you know, the Steve oh, Buscemi B- thing. Steve Buscemi, that's you <laughs> with the skateboard. Yeah, I'm gonna have to Photoshop that now. Another thing to do. So, are you are you still be reeling or being real? Yes. Whatever the verb yes, is I for am. that. Okay. So are you I, just I, getting like I'm a notification it. while you're sitting on the toilet that you have to share what you're doing yep. all of a sudden? Yeah. I'm liking it. Le- you have a minute to do it. I'm liking it less because I've only got two two other people that I'm following slash sharing with. And that's a bit it's a bit lonely, really. One of those people is in Portland, Oregon though. So there you go. And it's not Jason. To be clear, that is not me. Yeah. Oh, did I just dox you? What do people know you're in Portland? I think, I think so. That's okay. I think it's even on the website. Yeah. Okay, all right. It's like to anyone who thought that he was in Portland, Maine, which we established he is not. I live in he Perth, is not. Oregon. It's, yeah. yeah. The third Perth. Okay, well, we will um, definitely put that in the show notes 
um, so people can can start brewing with Andrew. There you go. Cap- that was Cappuccino Corner. Uh, probably don't even need to put a corner on that because I don't think we'll be coming back to it, but never say never. Media Corner has been like door locked, lights off, cobwebs are just everywhere. People are using it for just storage room now. Oh, Media Corner on Discord goes off. Media Corner lives on Discord beautifully. This just hasn't been on the podcast. Yeah, but like the fi- see what see what's happened though. Physical brick and mortar Media Corner basically just shut down because it's all online now. Because all <laughs> the kids are online. No, no, we're opening back up Media Corner proper. Yeah, we've got a special theme. We got a special theme tune for Media Corner and everything. It was the it was the OG Corner. Does the theme even work anymore? Has it been tuned? We don't know. It's probably all out of whack. It's like C sharp now or some musical term. That would be C++. There you go. So let's get into a little bit of what I like to call media corner. Media Corner. Did I put all of these in here? <laughs> yeah, I didn't do anything because there were too many. So off you go. I only recognize I only recognize one of these programs. All right. Well, I'll be I'll be fairly swift since we're doing everything as programming <coughs> languages. First one, Prey. Are you Swift? You, are new... you being Swift UI? Are you being Swift I the am. other one? Uh, Swift the other one. Okay. Yeah, version six. Cool. Seven? Ironically, that slowed us down. Eight. What? Pray. Keep going. What? The new, I the get, newest. I didn't get that. I'll have to figure that one out. You're talking about being swift and getting through this, and it's like taking time. Keep going. Oh, sorry, Martin. Martin's on deadline. <laughs> Come on, Jason, speed it up. Jeez. I'm trying. I'm trying. This is the fifth time now. Pray. The newest movie in the Predator franchise. If you don't like Predator, don't watch this. If you do like Predator, you should definitely watch this because the only downside is I think it was on Hulu. I think it's like a Hulu only kind of thing. So already you're like, oh, I don't know. Straight to Hulu. That seems a little bit dodgy, but it actually was really good and something different for the Predator universe. So I would say definitely give it a watch. I I enjoyed it quite a bit. I don't know if either of you have seen it or at least heard of it. I I have heard of it, not seen it. Um, look, the thing I liked about the original Predator is that it had Jesse Ventura, a, a wrestler, WWE wrestler in it. Does this one have yes. a wrestler in it? Is there maybe a John Cena? No, no. That's actually what I liked the most about it is that you don't know the people in it. Oh. It, it, it wasn't just a, let's do another movie and like pull in, you know, the people from the first one that are now 85 years old and try to make them be superheroes again. Like, no, we're not doing that. It's a completely different story, all new angle. Everything is different about it. And that's what makes it interesting and entertaining. So, pray, get on it. Next, television series. Going to switch gears a little bit here. Going from the box office to the home box office. That was intentional because it's on HBO Max. It is The Flight Attendant with P. 
people whose names I have forgotten, but it will be in the show. Penny from the Big Bang Theory. There you go. That's one of them. It, It was a very interesting show. I wasn't quite sure what to expect from it. I watched the first one and was like, hmm, I don't know, maybe. And then it turned into a, I just want to watch this thing all the way through. So I went through it fairly quickly and I really enjoyed the the story, the way the story was told. I think the characters were fun. And overall, it was just a good series to, to sit down and watch over a weekend. There is a season two, which I have not started yet. So I cannot vouch for that. I can only vouch for season one. So I also think maybe season two is one of those where like, it's the same people, but it's sort of a different story arc. It's not just a continuation, which I think would be good because the first season, I don't think we need more. I think it was a good, nice end-to-end thing. Next, I did not add For All Mankind to season three because I have not even seen season one. So I suspect someone else added that or I was having a fever dream. I've only seen episode one of season three. It was very good. Just haven't had time to continue. And Andrew has put his hand up. So it was him. Take, yeah, taking on board Martin's position in the series, I will not spoil anything. Other than to say, if you watched uh, season one and found it to be very slow going and a bit of a grind and a little bit boring, that's okay. They learned a lot. And season two picked up the pace and was a lot of fun. Season And, and again, it was all historical. You know, So it was looking back in time, but on a different things in the world happen differently. This one is still carrying on the premise that it's a different world. Things are kind of, kind of an alternate timeline, but kind of similar. But now we have, we're still in, in the past. I think we're still in the past. I'm trying to remember now, but it's, it's very, 90s. yeah, it's, it's very modern. So it feels, and some of the tech that they use is almost, they've advanced more quickly than, than what we actually in have. the first episode they did flash a newton kind of like apple product placement which i thought was hilarious <laughs> that continues there was a newton that continues to make appearances martin so you will enjoy this series there's a lot of new- it was very funny the newton is an amazing device in the alternate universe but this season three is season three is awesome it's re- it moves so fast there's so much action compared to the other two series it's a lot of fun really enjoyable and um tension drama sci-fi the whole bit Get on it. I suppose it's advisable to watch from the beginning, though, because yeah, it is. You need to watch from the beginning. You need if, to, you need yeah. to know these people. Okay. Yep. It's quite incredible. Yeah, I, think, um, I can agree. For all mankind, I started watching it, and then I think just a million other shows happened, and it fell off the list. So I will have to get back on that. She-Hulk. This is the best television show on TV right now. We started watching this recently. And I am annoyed that it is coming out every week because I want to watch the next one and it's not out yet. It is hilariously fun. It is such a different thing. I know like the whole Marvel, yeah, we're over Marvel. There's too much Marvel. It's friggin' great the way that they're doing this show, I have to say. It's wildly different than anything else. It doesn't take itself too seriously in a very good way. And the character... Is just fun. I, I didn't really know anything about She-Hulk as a character. I don't know a ton about the Marvel Universe, but I knew she was a lawyer. And it's just damn fun. And I would say give it a go because it's great. After seeing the trailer, I don't have anything nice to say. So I'll stop there. It's great. At risk of pulling the show down. 
It's freaking great. I don't think I've ever been more turned off watching a show than after seeing the trailer for that show. I'll be honest. I could see you not being into it. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it's a Martin show yeah. necessarily. And I, and I shouldn't, ju- I'm not judging the entire program because I haven't seen it, but as a trailer, as a piece of advertising, I went, I do not think that I will like that. I don't think I ever saw the trailer, actually. I'll have to go back yeah. and watch it and see what it was like. Yeah, there you go. Well, I still dragged the show down. Yeah, Thank good you. job. Media Corner! Andrew, I'm granting you... 20 seconds and I'm going to, I'm going to time you. All right. This is a topic that came in at the last minute, not on a, not on a card of any kind. This is entirely digital. Oh, man, the you pressure have, is on. You have 20 seconds to give one piece of business wisdom to our hemisphere. Oh, this is not where it's right. oh, I'm going to give oh, you a wow. five second oh, countdown thanks. to start and then you've got 20 seconds to say it. And I'm going to tell you to shut up. Oh, geez. Five. Oh my gosh. Four, three, two, two. one, go. I was watching First Bueller's Day Off the other night and the the teacher, he started talking about the Laffer Curve and Laffer Curve is a bunch of Reaganomics. It's dumb. Don't follow it. It's like you can cut taxes and increase them. Five, um, four, but I found that lecture three, really interesting. Two. Better than the movie. One. Business Corner is over. Thank you very much, Andrew. <laughs> That's the episode. I can't believe you actually like had something. Honestly. <laughs> I knew you would. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about his stream deck and you're only going to give him 20 seconds to talk about that. (laughs) I was thinking I had the stream deck thing going on in my mind. Yeah. Can I I have another 20 seconds for stream deck? Yes. No. Because then I can take it off, please. And it's it's time critical. All right, off you go. Okay, go, go, go. Go. Okay, in the last four or five days, for some unknown reason, my stream deck software just keeps crashing. I think it's when my Mac goes to sleep. I loaded up. My Stream Deck hardware is blank. The software is no longer loaded. I've updated it to the latest version. The problem still exists. What's happened? I don't understand. It was so good for so long, and now it's useless.